will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will I not, not, not lose. lose. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. MH. He is the DB of the show, and we are black in sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom. And, uh, you know, we talk about it all, laugh at it all, while providing a platform to be heard. All right, so you know what we do about this time. We got to welcome our guests in the house. So excited to have... Sports Business Journal Class of 2021 Game Changers honoree here. A uh, relationship maven, you know, definitely keeps relationships going, and a global marketing guru. Uh, she's the current vice president of licensing partner, uh, partnership service, excuse me, and uh, at the NFLPA. So please, please, please uh, clap it up for Madam VP Gina Dodd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a VP. I don't think I've ever been called that before. I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So, hey, thank you, Gina. We really appreciate it. So, how we get this show going is uh, we like to ask, what is the shoot your shot moment, right? So, you know, from the sports aspect, we we get on here and we bet on ourselves, um, win or win or lose, right? But we have to we have to take those shoot your shot opportunities. So, give us maybe a short story or or an example of a time uh, that a specific time that you shot your shot. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to say um, the first time when I reached out and that's actually how I made my um, transition from my then job, which was in college sports, to working in professional sports. Um, so I always knew I wanted to work in pro sports. But when I started my career, I was working on the um, collegiate sports side. And so one day I opened this magazine. I see this job posting in the back for an NBA franchise. And I remember grabbing the card of this guy that worked for the franchise at the time. It was the Atlanta Hawks. So I dug up the card. I shot an email and I was like, hey, do you have 30 minutes to get on the phone with me or email? You know, one day I want to work in college sports and I just love to pick your brain. Well, he kindly emailed back and said, like, it was so brief, less than 10 words call me at this time. Long story short, um, a call that I thought was going to be an informational phone call actually turned into an impromptu interview. And then um, the rest of the story is history. He ended up hiring me. I moved from Louisiana to Atlanta and got my first job in professional sports. Let's go. Let's go. You stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. No, so, true, <laughs> so where did, uh, I guess, starting with, with, with younger Gina, little girl Gina, where did their love for sports start? Um, my love for sports didn't start until I got to college. Uh, well, okay. I'm going to take that back. I was a competitive cheerleader, but honestly, back then, people really didn't give cheerleading credit for being a sport. So I would say if we're talking about traditional sports, it really didn't start until I got to college. I actually went to um, a preparatory school for high school and we didn't have sports. We had intramural teams, but we didn't actually compete in sports. So, um, so I guess it started at the University of Florida going to a big D1 
Florida school, you're surrounded by sports and you can't help but to love sports. So I guess I got my start later in life. There you go. So talk about that Florida experience then. Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's say my Florida experience was different. Um, I will say, um, you know, it was an amazing experience. And when I look back on it now, I can really appreciate how different it was. So let me paint the picture. So I'm at a school with probably 30,000 students and it was 2,000 minority students. Um, I'm not even going to say African-American because it wasn't all 2,000 <laughs> like of us. So imagine 2,000 in a sea of 30,000. Um, and so, you know, it was a huge school, but I found my community. I found my people. And it was an amazing experience. Like while I was there, I've met some of my best friends that I've gone um, to school with. But Florida was great. It was an hour and a half away from home. So far enough to be away from home and do what I needed to do. It yes. was two hours from Tallahassee, where my twin sister was in college at the time. And so we had fam in Florida um, state up the road. So it was um, close enough where I had a very nice social life, you know, but it was a great um, school just from an education standpoint. Um, lots of great activities that at Florida, I had, um, I had, I had such a blast until I decided to stay and get a second degree. Not because I really wanted a second degree, but I was having too much fun and I wasn't <laughs> going to be able to go that. So I said, "Oh, I can buy myself some more time if I actually stay and get another degree." And that is a true story. So, that's good. Yeah, that's you know that's kind of my favorite part of anybody's journey that if they chose the college route as a part of their journey is defining their community and kind of finding yes. themselves uh, in that process of becoming a you know a, a teenager to a young adult into obviously eventually out of school. So how was that process for you and finding that community and, and, and finding yourself and finding yeah. kind of your passions as well? You know, I would say I didn't realize that I didn't realize what I was doing when I was in college, meaning I didn't know that like those would be like my formative years and those experiences would stay with me like forever. Um, my mom, my family, I had always um, heard people around me saying, oh my gosh, I met some of my friends and we're, but I didn't know that. I didn't know like that friends that I met there would stay with me uh -huh. for the rest of my life. And it's so funny because the, the individuals that I cross paths with um, now professionally, where we went to college together, it's so surreal because we'll look at each other and it's almost like we're back on the campus of University of Florida. And we are amazed sometimes, like I'm proud of my friends doing their thing, you know, whether they're playing on the field or broadcasters now and vice versa. And, and that feels great to know that I've got those relationships that go all the way back. You know, um, just like I said, some relationships that I formed that are with me to this day, um, whether it's my sorority or just like I said, professional relationships. Um, but yeah, you, I would tell any student now, and I speak to a lot of young, young professionals who are in college, like, enjoy your time now, you know, have fun, <laughs> stop and smell the roses. Like, don't be so um, quick to want to go out and be an adult and live your life and work. All that time's going to come, but stay in the moment and enjoy that time because those are the things that really do help to shape you 
as an adult that you'll carry with you the rest of your life. Yeah, that's MH's mantra. He's a definite big proponent of that, yeah. of uh, the college experience. No, I, you know, you touched on something that is, I think is huge. And I think it's kind of tougher, I guess, in the society that we live in now, of it's kind of staying in the moment, right? Because mm -hmm. it's easy to I kind mean. of get lost lost yeah. track in that. How, how big is that? Not just for, you know, young adults, but even older adults, just kind of staying in the moment in, in, in that philosophy. Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's something that you don't realize or it doesn't click to you until you, I think, sometimes are forced to like <laughs> slow down. And I literally think I have said those words, like enjoy the moment half went probably five or six times to various individuals in the last couple of weeks. I find myself coaching a lot of my uh, mentees or colleagues and just enjoy your moment. Like, I believe timing is everything in life. And a lot of times you have to appreciate where you are now. So when you get to that next step, you can really appreciate being at that next step instead of trying to rush, 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 rush. And a lot of times we may not be where we want to be or we, where we think we should be. But I also believe there is a lesson in every place and in every um, stage of your life. Um, so professionally, I tell a lot of, you know, mentees or, or people coming to me who may be job seeking, enjoy where you are now because you all you won't always be at this place. Um, and I think that is so extremely important because a lot of times we're so caught up in trying to get to that next level or that next stage or, or get to where we think we should be. And you just miss like having fun. Like um, we stress ourselves out sometimes on so many things and, and you just forget why you're doing some, some of the things that you're doing for the love of the game, for the, for your passion to enjoy what we do. So I, I do, I think that um, I, if that's your mantra, I, I'm a huge proponent, enjoy where you are right now in your life because you will not always be in that moment so and, and, can, and can i can i <laughs> and speaking of enjoyment sorority you, 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 go. yeah you gotta talk to me a little bit about the sorority and, and how'd you get into to get oh in that, that sisterhood absolutely so i am a proud um, life <laughs> member of alpha kappa alpha sorority incorporated um, and for anyone that knows me, um, they will know that my sorority means a lot to me. Um, I joined my sorority uh, back in college, so I know I don't look it, but I've been in my sorority for a minute. Um, <laughs> and it was great. You know, I talked about the, the small community at University of Florida, uh -huh. and, you know, that was an even more intimate community that allowed uh -huh. me to, to join my formative years. You know, I have... 19 amazing, beautiful line sisters that I still keep in touch with to this to this day. Um, you know, I went on a lot of people look at Greek organizations and they think it's just a thing with college. But um, my experience has been, again, um, I stayed active after college. Um, I have found some of my most amazing mentors like in my sorority, whether it's in my city chapter or on an international level. And AKA has also given me a lot of um, experiences and opportunities to develop myself as an individual. 
um, oh, wow. you know, professional development that I can take with me in my career, life skills. And Alpha Kappa Alpha has really taught me how to be like a leader. And, you know, those are experiences. It's all about what you get um, out of it and what you put into it. And AKA has poured a lot into me. Um, and then at the end of the day, it is an amazing outlet for community service. Um, I have a distinct pleasure, <laughs> which is a huge part of it, right? You can't forget the service aspect. And right. when I moved up to the uh, DC area where I am now, I didn't know a lot of people. You know, I was missing Atlanta, going back and forth. And um, I did, I joined the alumni chapter up in my area. And again, mm -hmm. that sense of community was right there and helping me find a sense of family because my entire, most of my family was back in Florida and Georgia. So I didn't really have anyone up here. So again, my, my sorority filled that void for me. Um, I have the amazing pleasure now of serving as our community program chairman, which means um, I get the pleasure of carrying out our international um, program objectives of Alpha Kappa Alpha right here on the local level. Um, and so it is great. I mean, I do everything from work with little kids to refugee organizations to um, senior adults to um, college youth. And I enjoy every single aspect because, again, it's all about bettering the community that you live in and giving back to your community. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that through my sorority. There you go. Well, yeah. and then, I mean, so Madam Vice President, you have uh, uh, someone that's a, a associate or she's always as a sorority. Yes. Like, there you yes. go. Yes. Now, is, does she get involved? I mean, of course, she's busy, but has there been, you know, just some kind of connection? And I mean, she definitely supported it and let everybody know uh, she had those she had those pearls on. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. Well, you know, I look at um, our Madam Vice President. Um, you know, Kamala Harris as just an amazing representation of not only Black women, women of color, but again, an Alpha Kappa Alpha woman. And, you know, what she's been able to do, I think, in her position, um, you know, she had over a half a million women behind her. You know, we support our own. So when she was on that ticket, we were going to do our job and help get her elected. But it was not only about her, it was about encouraging everyone to exercise their right to vote. And again, one of the great things about our sisterhood having influential position, influential women in position like that, whether it's Kamala Harris or Rosalind Brock or, you know, any of our Star Jones, any of our famous um you know, sisters out there. We've got a whole host of other members that are congressmen. Like um, we got an entire community of congresswomen that are women of Alpha Kappa Alpha, Frederica Wilson, you know, Sheila Jackson Lee. It's about taking our bigger message and passing it on to the community. And the message that we had the last couple of months was get out and exercise your right to vote. So if it took Kamala Harris representing, putting that face, people rallying around behind her membership and community, then, you know, we'll take it um, because, again, it's about our community and using our influence, you know, for a positive um, referendum and positive issues out there. So we are extremely proud of um, our sorority 
And I will say today we actually got news. I do think it was out in the media that our current international president, um, Glenda Glover, who is also the president of Tennessee State University, was also named as a co-chair by President Biden on um, his council for HBCU. So we have wonderful women out there doing great work on an international level. Okay. Yes, I, I, I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the call though. I was waiting for the call. No, you, you don't get the call. call. You, you don't, don't get, call get it. This, you don't get the call in this arena. So. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you did mention home, and so uh, Jacksonville uh, is home. Yes, Duval. <laughs> that call. Duval. That's right. So does that make you a Jacksonville fan? For our listeners that may not know. Yes, I believe in supporting the home team. So I am an absolute Jacksonville Jaguar fan. I have supported them since um, I think the team came into existence in, in 95. I'm testing my yes. Jaguar knowledge. Yeah. So yes, I do wear my teal. I rock the jersey. I rock the T-shirt. Win or lose, good or bad, I do support uh, my Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm praying for you, sis, on that. <laughs> you know, loyalty is hard, but you got to stick with your team, right? You can't be a fair weather, fair weather fan. So, you know, in, in, in your defense, one of—I mean, he's doing big <laughs> things now. But one of my favorite players of all time is like Fred Taylor, obviously Florida alum, and yeah, and a Jack and, and, and yeah, a Jacksonville Jaguar. Right. Yeah. That, yeah, Fred T is was the. Deal. I think Fred Fred T is definitely one of my favorite if not um yeah he's my favorite jaguar he would look at me sideways if i didn't say that so i'm gonna <laughs> is my favorite jacksonville jaguar player <laughs> there you go there you go and then just really quick so who are your other teams like if uh for pro pro, pro sports excuse me like so you know, football, baseball or it's so funny when i get asked that question because again i always said i i tend to support um whenever i move to a city i try and support that hometown I, I when i lived in um louisiana you know I, I rallied behind the saints when i moved to atlanta tried to support it but you know it's funny working in football for so long it's easier for me i i have developed player relationships and i'm a fan of players versus a, a fan of teams so my loyalties tend to, tend to um rally behind some of my favorite players you know, um, and I just enjoy like good games that I would I would definitely say I'm a fan of the players. Um, I am not going to mention my other favorite teams on the show because, again, I don't want to I don't want anybody dragging me. Um, but there are a couple of other teams that I pull out my pom poms for. So <laughs> can, can we at least get like a like a favorite stadium? Oh, ooh, that's a good one. Uh, favorite stadium. Well, I haven't been to all of the stadiums, so um, wow, that's a tough one. If I had to choose a favorite stadium, maybe I would go with, I think it's a toss-up between maybe Dallas and Seattle, maybe. Oh, that's boy, a tough one. All kind of MH that, points tonight. <laughs> you, can you can stop cheesing when you said that. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Yeah, um, yeah. It's anyway, because I, I will say I don't. Um, I don't go to a lot of regular season. 
games like here, here and there. Um, so my stadium experience is probably going to yield from like watching a Super Bowl or if I'm there for like kickoff. So I love the whole stadium experience. Um, I hate baseball, but I love the baseball stadium experience. So to me, mm. that's part of the experience, right? Um, most of the time when I'm going to games, I'm yapping and talking the entire game. So I'm missing <laughs> all of that. But um, yeah, you know, it's funny because in football now, you know, you got to keep up with the newness. Like, like if think about it, Dallas's stadium is considered old yeah, in, like, <laughs> in, in terms, right? And it's not yeah. old. It's, it's practically new. But it's right. so funny when you watch the just life cycle of building stadiums. Um, you know, you got to keep building newer stadiums just to keep mm -hmm. up with like technology. I, I get amazed with a lot of the business partners I deal with every day and I'm, I'm ingrained and I'm hearing about all these um, things that they're um, doing to enhance the stadiums. And I'm like, wow, like you can literally go to a stadium and do everything but watch a game with all this yeah. technology and everything they're putting in stadiums these days. So true. Yeah. So want to transition to end the game. And this is where we just kind of talk about uh, your career path. And uh, you um, alluded to some of it. So before we transition, or I think a nice transition is let's talk about this award, this honoree that you just received, because uh, the Sports Business Journal event was just recent, right? It was at the it last couple of weeks. Last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just tell us about oh um, that experience and how amazing it was with being in the room with the other honorees. Just just yeah. uh, you know, share with the audience. So, you know, it was cool. I I, I was recognized as a 2021 um, Sports Business Journal Game Changer um, last week in New York. <laughs> Thank you very much. And um, I want to say it was about 50 um, women that were recognized this year. Um, so not all of us made it to New York, but I think most of us. And it was a really, really cool honor. And I don't think I really got it until I was like in the moment. So, I mean, first of all, it's an incredible honor um, to, to be named as a part of this group. You're recognized for outstanding achievements that you've made um, to the industry. So it was just amazing um, being in the company of the other women, learning more about their accomplishments. Um, I actually knew some of my colleagues, so it was great seeing women that either we have been recognized in some other fashion together. I at work with them and it was all, it was a mini reunion. You know, I haven't gotten out much since the pandemic and COVID because of, um, I haven't done much business traveling. So I was literally in New York for 36 hours and it was almost like, you know, it, it everything was so fast, but right. it was absolutely an honor to go through this ceremony to be recognized um, just publicly for something that I feel like I do like every day and um, just to be a part of that class. And I, I will say the Sports Business Journal, they made a really big deal out of all of us, making us all feel um, very special. But um, it is a complete honor. Um, I am excited to help reach back in my network and help maybe recommend the next woman who should be on that list as a game changer and just um, always looking for an opportunity to help recognize my fellow colleagues as, as well. We don't do what we do for recognition, but it is very nice when others pause and recognize us for, you know, something that you do every day. Absolutely. 
Yeah, very nice and, and very much deserved. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. NF, in, NFLPA, uh, we hear that a lot. Um, and for those of our listeners that may hear but don't really know what the NFLPA is, can you kind of just describe your path into the NFLPA and, and what is the NFLPA? Um, so the NFLPA um, is an acronym for the National Football League Players Association, which is basically the professional labor union that represents um, active football players. I actually work on the commercial side of our business, which means even though I work for a labor union, um, my responsibility is really focused off the field. So I have the sole responsibility of helping players extend their brand and make money off of the field. So um, that is essentially um, what we do. Um, play, the players um, over 25 years ago actually formed a licensing association to monetize and maximize their rights. And that is the, the division that I work for. So NFL players form their own licensing agency within inside of their labor union. And all that means is that for those companies that actually want to do business with um, NFL players or use their name, image, and likeness, they essentially have a one-stop shop to negotiate um, any type of business opportunities uh, for all of the players. So it's great when, when EA wants to put all of those guys in the Madden game, they don't have to go to 2,000 players and talk to them individually they can come to us as representatives of their licensing organization and um, we'll broker that on their behalf. Um, my path uh, uh, into the NFLPA, I've been with the NFLPA for 12 years now. And um, I would say, MHEJ, you know, for me, it was all about networking and kind of being purposeful for um, where I wanted to take my career. Um, I actually, um, initially when I joined the NFLPA, I joined um, the player marketing division, which basically means I was working one-on-one -on -one with the players and their representatives on a lot of the off-the-field opportunities, taking them offers, helping to set up their appearances, et cetera. And then okay. I later transitioned to lead our corporate partnerships group, still doing the same thing, but primarily now working with a lot of the brands that are our official partners, including the league, and then taking it back to players. Uh, prior to joining the NFLPA, I was actually with a licensing firm where I oversaw their consulting division. And my main client at the time was actually an NFL sponsor. So um, I worked for their agency of record, and it was my job to negotiate that brand's sponsorship mm -hmm. deal with the league, all of their team deals and all of their player deals. So that was really my um, entree to the NFLPA, previously working for a marketing agency that had ties in NFL sponsorship. Um, my additional background parts, I've always worked in sports. So again, um, I've worked on the collegiate side. I've worked on the professional basketball for a basketball franchise. And I even worked um, in corporate sports marketing where I led the sponsorship division um, for Delta Airlines at the time. So it all kind of blends together. But my background has always been in, in marketing, advertising within the sports arena. Awesome. So 
you, you touched on all of the the things that led up to the NFLPA, right? So LSU was uh, the college, the Hawks was the professional. Yeah. You mentioned Delta on the sports side of things, mm -hmm. which is amazing why we like to have this show because people don't understand that you can work for a major corporation like a Verizon or something like that, and they wow. have such a huge sports component to it. So going through all of those and then also the, the company that you were with right prior before the licensing company, what was one thing you think or the biggest thing you learned that you brought through those experiences to where you are now? So I would say two things that I that I learned um, through those experiences and that stay with me now. Um, two things. So the first thing was don't ever underestimate the power of networking. And I think a lot of times we use networking as such a cliched term. Um you know, but it's a real thing that if you know how to do it and aren't afraid to do it, it can lead to opportunities. And um, networking has been interwoven in every single opportunity that I have gotten in each one of those jobs that I just went through. There, There is a, a cord, a networking car that literally connects me from my first job to where I am now. Um, and then the second thing I would say is um, you got to have a plan. Like if you don't have a plan, stop what you're doing, make a plan. It can be a short term plan, a long term plan. And then when you've excelled in that plan, make another plan. So, again, before I even jumped in my career, I thought about it like, OK, mm -hmm. what is it that I want to do, you know, you have to have a plan because you need to make sure your steps and your order, it's purposeful, right? Otherwise, you're going to end up spinning around and you don't really know when you're presented with opportunities. Is it helping you navigate through your plan, you know, or wh why am I being, should I take this opportunity? Should I not take this opportunity? So I would say always have a plan, um, pull it out, review it change it around, but make sure you've got some type of game plan so you know exactly where you're trying to go and identify when you're faced with opportunities, like making those right decisions can help you navigate through your plan. Love it. I think you kind of answered my next question as, you know, because as a person that understands the power of networking, but actually just the work, Kind of brings fear if I'm being real with you to me. I just I'm just an uncomfortable person sometimes. I'm yeah, with you. I hate that word. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll call it anything else, but networking <laughs> because I, I it's intimidating, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But someone that does it so well, and obviously you excel at it, and, and you've built a lot of relationships that are authentic. Give us mm -hmm. some advice for the for for me, really, but for our listeners as well. Mm -hmm as build in building those authentic relationships? So God, that's a great question. And again, um, I'm, I'm going to go with two pieces of advice that really helped me. Um, the first thing is that um, it's just going back to the um, just what we said, the intimidation factor of networking, right? How many times do you just hate walking in a room? Oh my God, I got a network you know, break it down into manageable chunks. So if you go to a conference or if you're going to a function where it is an opportunity to network, don't think about it as, oh my gosh, I got to get 20 cards before I leave. I have to talk to 20 people. No, 
break it down into bite-sized goals. If I walk away from this function, maybe three people, maybe your goal is three, maybe your goal is two, maybe your goal is five, you know, but you have to approach each, each opportunity as, as individual, what works for you. If you go into a room or a two-hour event and your goal is, you know what, I want to make three purposeful connections, the connections that you do make will definitely be uh, more impactful because you won't be running through your head, oh my God, 30 minutes, I got to meet 10 more people, but you're going to concentrate more on really engaging and hearing and interacting with the three people. And you'll get more out of that when you leave said networking event than if you're trying to play the numbers game. So break it down into bite-sized pieces that you can digest would be my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice is that be mindful and be present in building those relationships. And I'll give you an example. I believe that there is something interesting to know and learn about everyone. When I go into a meeting and I take a lot of business meetings, um, probably 75% of my job is engaging with clients and taking calls. And usually when I go into a meeting, I'll take a new client meeting. It's not about my agenda and getting through my agenda points and, and making sure I tell them about the NFLPA. I'll get to that. It's about learning the client, learning, meeting this new person, hearing what they are willing to share with me, learning about them and really being present in the moment, not being preoccupied with where am I on my agenda. I have found that when I turn it around, and I make it about that person and that relationship and that business opportunity. And I don't worry about, am I going to make my sale? Am I going to get to my pitch? Am I going to get through the presentation? I'm much more present. And I leave that interaction in that meeting, really hearing what the person said. And I'm learning about EJ. I'm learning about MH. I'm learning about what your goals and objectives and your brands are. And it helps really to start building an authentic relationship. I, I laugh at my clients all the time because they'll say, oh, I met so-and-so and they just had a Gina moment. Okay, well, I love hearing that because that means that my clients know that we have an authentic relationship. It's not just about the sale or signing the contract. That's going to happen. But my, my purpose and my intent is to really connect with them and then we'll get to the business. So that works for me. Try it. It might work for you. And if nothing else, you will walk away feeling more connected and building like just more actually real like relationships and real connections. Yeah, I, yeah there's a, there's going to I mean, I'm every year and I don't want to put you in a tough spot, but there's coaching vacancies. And I feel like that's a head coach right there because the old saying is it's not like you know, it's not about the X's and O's. It's about, you know, the Jimmy, Jims and Joe's. Yeah. Right. But essentially, yeah, it's, it's about what what works for your personnel, learning mm -hmm. what, you know, what your team does well, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And then how your your scheme or your business fits into that. It's beautiful. There's a lot of there's going to be a lot of vacancies open. Uh, again, so if you want to apply for a head coaching job, <laughs> I'll just that. consult. It's okay. I, I consult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So um, I, I will say if we could oh. go back to that networking point, and it's funny because I'm looking at EJ and I and hopefully what I just described about forming relationships, I feel like EJ, that's kind of how like our relationship started, right? It was like a casual like meeting, but it was really staying in touch and kind of like building those authentic moments that years and years later, we, you know, I feel like when EJ calls, hey, what you got going on? We may not see each other, but we can pick right back up where you left off. And I think that is a testament for, for being present and giving a little bit of yourself in those relationships too. So. Absolutely. And that's, you know, we said should have said you're the queen of the relationships. But, but, that, but no, I mean, and that's that's true. Yeah. And it's, it's authentic made, you know, and it's just like you said, when we see each other, if it's at an event or if we're somewhere, um, it's like you, we never fell off. We never left mm -hmm. off. So I, I thank you for that. Going back into the NFLPA side of things, my question for you is like, where the heck did Marshawn Lynch come from? Like, <laughs> Did he come in and get like a master's class from you guys of, of from like, you know, more than an athlete or athlete. And I think that's the, that's the moniker that you guys go by because I didn't see that coming. Right. But I know that's what you guys do is really teach these guys how to own their brand and, and, and become more. And like, I mean, from subway to DoorDash, this guy is well, everywhere. He is everywhere. And I will say this because I am not going to, um, I would be remiss if I sat here and said it was the NFLPA that credit. Marshawn is a is a beast, no pun intended, all in himself. So he Let's could actually go. give us the NFLPA a masterclass, which is why we sought him out to form that brand ambassador relationship ambassador. because it was yeah. like he's got everything that we're looking for. When we say athlete and Marshawn is it, you know, and we want him to come in and help train our next class of athletes. So it's funny because you said you never saw it coming, but that is the quintessential brand ambassador relationship that we're about at the PA. It's not about having the biggest name or the biggest stats. It's about reaching out to our player membership and uh -huh. saying, you know what? This guy, this gentleman, this man has something to offer our members, especially our younger one so come impart all of that knowledge that you have you know on our players and on our new membership and we are so excited that um marshawn is our first official nflpa ambassador and i say official because we've had lots of players to be unofficial in that role um mm -hmm. but no he's got some great things that he does if you've ever worked with him you know he is extremely astute off the field when it comes to money matters and um, financial, that business acumen. Obviously, we know he's talented on the field, um, but he's going to be doing some great things from helping build out a mentorship program to some of the younger players to also just being a representative for a lot of various events um, and NFL PA business opportunities out there as well. So we absolutely look forward to um, working with Marshawn and having him be a brand ambassador for our player membership as well. Get your chickens. <laughs> Is that right? Was that not classic? That's perfect. Yes. Man, that's a sound bite for days. MH, yes. you want to hit her with the quick hits? Yeah. Uh, favorite movie. Well, top five favorite Ooh, movies. I'll put it that top way. Top five. Um, Color Purple. Uh, 
<laughs> any given Sunday. Oh, Harpo to BB. Uh, coming to America. Ooh, and I'm gonna say um, James Bond franchises, or probably that—that's a group. And then, oh my gosh, anything in the Marvel like family series. So, um, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anywhere in the world that you could travel, what would that be? Yeah, travel is okay, one of your that, things. That's a tough one because that's, I'm actually a travel snob. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Oh my gosh, that's tough because I've been a lot of, I still have a lot of places to go, but I feel like I've been to a lot of places that I've wanted to go. Um, oh my gosh. So that's a tough one because I would probably say I've already hit all seven continents. So prior to then, I probably would have said Antarctica, but I've, I've been there. So um, I don't know. Maybe, let's go maybe next destination. So maybe next destination, I think, is either going to be the Maldives or like Mauritius or someplace like that. But um, yeah. <laughs> when you said Maldives, that hand came up. Put <laughs> <laughs> a little twist on it. <laughs> <little. laughs> That's funny. I love uh, it. Too. Yes. Uh, I'm about to Google the, the second one you said. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> what you got? What else you got, Mage? Food that you could not live without. Seafood all day long. I'm a Florida seafood Florida. lover. Yeah. Yes. All right. Dogs or cats? <gasps> Puppy. If my dog was asleep, and I would put her in front of the camera right now. If, no, you got to see my puppy. She she's mad. This is this is my baby. I don't know if you can see her. This is <laughs> yeah, my little baby. So absolutely, up. absolutely <laughs> dogs. <laughs> she's like, let me go back to sleep. Right. I'm a dog lover, yes. So for a woman with many talents, one thing that you wish you could do. Sing. <laughs> there it is. I wish I could sing. I'm a shower singer. But like, if God were to give me that talent, y'all would not be able to shut me up. Let me tell you. <laughs> in my head, oh my gosh, I would be in my head now. So, <laughs> all right. Um, last one I have, and this could be a, a sports figure or just any historical figure in general. Who who would be your favorite? And who would you like to meet if you haven't met them? Oh my gosh. Um, Oh my gosh, that's tough one. Let's see. Um, sports or no sports? Um, so, you know, that's really tough, but I think, can I go with a like husband and wife? Can I do that too? I'm going to go with Martin Luther King and, and Coretta Scott King. I, mm. I put them together, so. Mm. Yeah. You ain't met no Martin Luther the King. Martin Luther the King, yes. <laughs> That's a tough one. That's hard. Wow. That's a tough one. So all right. I got is that is that an MH? Yeah. I got one. Okay. So okay. Now I'm gonna preface this with I know that you enjoyed your Florida experience. We talked about that at the jump of the show, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And I guess this is more of a transition question. Um, as we're about to get into your platform. Because I know you uh, support these institutions, right? If you could choose or go back to an HBCU, which yeah. one would it be? Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> so, oh my gosh, that's a tough one because I have been exposed to so many like great HBCUs. So uh -huh. um, I will say this, um, I'm, I'm going to choose Hampton and I know people are going to get on me for their, for their HU thing, but let me tell you why I chose Hampton because I actually applied to Hampton when I was applying to colleges and um, that um, I got accepted but okay. I did not go. My uncle actually um, had went to Hampton when it was Hampton Institute. And so um, unfortunately, I chose not to attend because it was, um, as I said, I'm from the state of Florida. Um, I didn't do enough research about scholarships. I, I will put it out that there. So I always tell kids, go find the money. And at go. that time, it would have been incredibly expensive uh, for yeah. me to attend. Um, as an out-of-state student. And so, you know, the cards align where I was able to stay closer to home. But I will say um, I did apply and was accepted to um, Hampton uh, University at that time. So I'm going to go with Hampton uh, on that question. So, and then I'll take awesome. all the ragging when this show is <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that leads us, I guess, right into the platform or the, the winner circle is what we like to call it. And just okay. talks about all the amazing things that, you know, that you're up to and anything else that you want to pr uh, promote with uh, an FLPA. So let's start with the HBCU since we just got off mm -hmm. that topic. And, uh, and like I said, um, I know that's a passion of you and I see you do um, HBCU week where, you know, you like select the school. So tell us more about that and how you got involved with that. Yeah. So it's funny because um I do a lot with HBCUs, actually, um, with my sorority um, in my personal time, because, again, it was a huge initiative with Alpha Kappa Alpha just to bring awareness to HBCUs. And it's funny because in, in 2022, I think HBCUs are, are the new thing, but it wasn't always like that. Um, and so I joined, as I said, leading our, our local programs for my sorority um, you know, I chose to help raise funding and awareness for HBCUs. It is absolutely important. You know, all post-secondary institutions are important. And I will support any um, youth that wants to go to any um, university. But HBCUs, you know, they need a little bit more of attention. So even though I went to a PWI, a predominantly white institute, I adopted um, the HBCU that a lot of my family members went to. and so. I took on that cause to help raise money um, for HBCUs and awareness. I'm actually proud to say transitioning to work, um, the NFLPA, we've done some programs where we have specifically targeted HBCU students to come in and learn a little bit more about careers in sports and what we're doing with the, N, um, the NFLPA. I've worked with some other organizations, um, the culture creatives out there um, led by Joy Brown that have also opened up um, opportunities specifically to give um, minority students just a, a, um, an entree into sports. And so I do think it's important to, um, you know, help level the playing field. There are so many, um, you know, young professional students out there where, you know, they don't have the resources. So, you know, it's about resources. It's about opening the doors that sometimes um, don't open easily for people of color and students that um, are not at big universities. So that is a passion. Um, I look forward to just um, helping young people, especially when they want to enter into 
um, a career in sports because it's about knowing how to get through the door. And a lot of times, unless someone is there to show you and help open it, you are not aware on how to get into an amazing career in sports or what those opportunities are. Thanks. Yeah. So how how do we, I mean, as our listener or somebody that just doesn't know how to, to support and, and give resources to HBCU, yeah. how, what are ways that they can support and, and, and help well, with resources? Well, obviously, um, when you talk about HBCU support, you know, it, it's the obvious funding, right? It's, um, you know, contributing financially to those colleges to help either the college institutions or the students. Now, again, Funding can come in 20,000 different ways. Um, so I'm going to plug my own personal organization with Alpha Kappa Alpha because we actually have a general fund that helps all HBCUs through our education um, um, arm, our foundation arm of Alpha Kappa Alpha. And so, again, we collect money and we raise money globally and it actually goes directly to those schools. So you don't have to look for a way you can visit um, AKAEAF.org and give to our general HBCU fund. And it's a great way to financially support HBCUs. And, and I will say seriously, it, it's about the money, y'all. Okay. Money goes <laughs> a long way. So um, I would say, first and foremost, financial support is needed. Um, you know, but if you aren't able to give financially, I would always say, look within yourself and see what resources you can get. I talked earlier about it. You know, sometimes it's awareness is it's education. I cannot tell you how many students have come up to me and said, how'd you get your job? Or I want to be in broadcasting or I want to do this. How do I go about doing it? And it's not that the opportunities are not out there. They sometimes just don't know how to get right. the opportunity. So I look at all of us as, as, you know, minorities in sports, like I challenge all of us to reach out and, and, and how can we help educate? How can we create open doors? So, you know, yes, there's the funding piece as I talked about, which is the priority going to those schools and those students. But I would say a lot of times it's doing things like this. It's exposure. It's speaking, it's making those connections on LinkedIn um, I have a ton of connections and I don't always take new connections, but when I see young professionals, um, reaching out to me and it's a blind connection, I usually take those and I will do information, informational interviews, because a lot of times that is helping those students as well, because it's about showing them how to get to where we are, you know, or just imparting them with information that they may not readily have. But again, if you want to support financially, AKAEAF.org, and that will get to all HBCUs out there through a financial contribution. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes, right? Because that's what we are a platform to. We'll do the inform part here at Black and Sports. So we'll definitely do that and work on the contribution. <laughs> I love that. So um, I do have a question um, just more about you know, your involvement, you, you mentioned you would take blind from younger people. So what do you, you've been a part of wise, right? So women in sports, have, talk about, talk about that and the, and the things that you do. I mean, even with, uh, and why am I drawing a blank? Um, our, our mutual friend that does the, the game changer, uh, luncheon, um, oh, uh, um, Latanya story, Latanya story, right? Yep. Yep. So 
being in that breath and, and doing those, you know, please just tell us about how you support, even though you may not be with mm -hmm. WISE. I know you sat on the board, but you still yeah. push that initiative. So tell us about that. I am. So again, um, you know, I believe your question was maybe how I support. I don't know if it was going to be um, minorities or women, but I'll hit both. Um, so again, um, I try and stay like active in um, a lot of professional associations. I don't always have the time. So a lot of times I'm very purposeful about my connection. Um, years ago when I had a little bit more time, um, and I, I think they're coming back, but I was in um, the Black Sports Professionals in DC. And that was a way for me to connect with a lot of younger and up and coming professionals um, of color. And they all had city chapters. Um, I am very active in WISE, which is Women in Sports and Events. Um, WISE is based out of New York, but they actually have city chapters. So again, it's a great organization um, that encourages women specifically to gather and network um, on the local level. Um, mm -hmm. And I am, I'm a huge proponent of WISE and I, I always try and stay as active as I can on the local level because working in sports is challenging, period. Being a minority, a double minority, a, a woman minority. and a minority yes. trying to work in a male dominating field is damn near impossible. So it is so important to mentor um, young women who want to be in this field because, yes. again, um, you got to have resources, you have to have networking, you have to have sponsors and mentors helping you along the way. And when I was coming up, in sports, and this is something that I shared with my fellow game changers last week, I didn't have female mentors. And I remember talking to one of my girlfriends who was also a game changer. We worked together at the Hawks. And I was like, gosh, wouldn't it have been great if we would have had this back then? Now, I have been extremely lucky to have some amazing men serve as mentors and sponsors for me. But, um, you know, it is important for other young women to see people that look like um, they do. And so I really try and stay involved. I really try and pull others up, whether it's in their executive program or their mid-levels um, manager program. I've got three managers on my staff now that just started WISE's leadership program that I'm just head over heels about because I said, you guys, the organization is paying for this. Get in this leadership um, program. And so, yeah, I do believe as a woman, um, especially being at the level that I am, it is so important to help nurture and bring other women along, you know. Um, so that is definitely a passion area of mine. So uh, just women in the NFL um, and, and, and the, the, the growth of women in the NFL in many different roles, where do you see the future um, and, and, and where do you where do you see that growing into? Um, you know, MH, I'd like to be optimistic and say, oh, my gosh, I see it being, you know, opening up. I still think it's slow. It, don't get me wrong. It's great to have an official here, a coach here, but it it's still a very, very small minority. I don't want to take away from those women that have opened the doors and started to chart the path. But I think we have a long way to go for that to be the norm and still not be the exception. 
Um, so I think, you know, it goes back to what I said. We have to bring others along until it becomes the norm, until people are not doubling up and saying, oh, my gosh, until they're looking like, OK, well, that's the way it should be. I still think we have a very long way to go, but we're we're getting there. You know, you got to start somewhere. Um, I think we will see more gains on the front office side. Um, but even on the front office side, on the business side, we still have a long way to go. There are some organizations, yes, they have a lot of women that work in the organization, but the women are cast in traditional roles. So we women still have a long way to go to get those traditional CRO roles, those those C-suite chief roles, chief, chief executive roles, chief revenue roles. You know, so it's great that we've got opportunities, but we still need to try and level the playing field. So it becomes the norm, not the exception. Love it. So mentioning opportunities and, you know, correct me if this is not out of date, but you guys are currently hiring, looking for some roles and positions because there's so many different levels um, of the NFL PA. So I guess oh I'll start it and say, um, go to the website often because yes. there's just so yes. many yes. visions <laughs> that you guys have that there's always opportunity. But if you could shed light, if there's small positions or or uh, how people could kind of look and stay in touch with what's going on there. Yeah, I would say you hit it on the head. Um, bookmark our website because, you know, we can go through periods where there are no openings and then we may go through periods where there are, you know, 20 openings. It's it's very cyclical sometimes. So you do like um, our website is NFLPA.com. And then you navigate. I think there is a section um, that will say job openings. And um, we post jobs all the time across the entire organization. So it could be you know, in our IT group, it could be in our marketing group, it could be in our player affairs group. Um, so we do have a current, a few openings right now um, and, a, and a few that are coming open um, across all areas of the department. We also have a rotating internship program and all the information that you need to know is on the website for our internship program, which else, which is also a great opportunity to get plugged in on short-term and longer-term opportunities. But NFLPA.com, stay up to date with um, all of our postings, and we list everything on the website. Awesome. So uh, is having so much fun, but we need to wrap it up here. Yeah. So how we like to wrap it up is uh, we call it the assist, right? Keeping in with our sports themes. Okay. Uh, this is where you could give um, a life lesson, something maybe you would tell your younger self, something you want to tell our audience, or just uh, a life mantra. But uh, give us a coaching gym uh, to, to, to take us out. You know, my coaching gym, or what I would tell my young younger self, is, is take the chance. You know, shoot the shot, go for the kick, go for the goal. Just take a chance. Don't be afraid. What's the worst that can happen? You know, I love that you started this show. It was like, how'd you shoot your shot? Like, do more of that. Just take a chance and go for it. So that that's my mantra. Just go for it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, MH, a uh, quick uh, final thought? 
appreciate you hanging us uh, hanging out with us west coast boys on the east coast i know i love it i know it's getting a little late so we'll have to do this in person when i get to the the west coast so absolutely yeah there you go well, we want to thank our guests. Thank you so much, Gina. We want to thank you, the audience, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. A lot of great nuggets uh, in there. Um, we do have the social going across that. And we'll also put that in the show notes if you'd like to follow up and connect with Gina. But just uh, please know we're dropping new shows every Thursday. Subscribe to our YouTube channel because visual representation matters. And be safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got us forcing entertainment until we even... Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. 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 Look. Assuming yeah. I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat bouts and racks on handmade new rags. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back. <laughs>